the Sonos Move is the best portable speaker I have ever owned. And I am not just being a shill here. It's too good to be called a portable speaker. It chews up and spits out its competition. It is high quality. I use the Move as both a stationary speaker and all around my house, garage, and my outdoor space. And I've dropped the crap out of it. Regular portable speakers can't take hits like the Move. Not sure I should be saying this, but I dropped it down the stairs. Maybe I should be saying this. I'd be happy to get a second. Actually, I don't need a second. Even Sonos states, don't worry about accidental drops or bumps. Move's components are protected by a hard-wearing, shock-resistant case. And my system with one I take around my place is working very well. I use my Move as a stationary speaker a lot. It hangs out on the charging base. I love that I don't have to plug in a charging cord. It has an 11-hour battery life, no joke. It works with all streaming services, the Sonos app or AirPlay, Bluetooth, Amazon Alexa, and Google Assistant. I'm too lazy to be looking for new music, so I have really loved the Sonos radio option. Some of my favorite stations are Rare Grooves, Hip Hop Archive, or just keeping it mainstream. If you're in the move, go to Sonos.com to learn more and get your Sonos move today. The only place to read your emails and tweets. It's still Wednesday, September 9th. I'm still J.E. Skeets, and alongside me, as always, he's still here. It's Tass Mellis. Hey, everybody. Hey, Tassie. We got the bearded one, Trey Kirby. Hey, yo. Hey, yo. We've got the international man of mystery taking it to the max, Lee Ellis. Friends. Mm. And last but not least, making the magic happen here is J.D. Hello. There he is. And here we are once again on a Wednesday. Thanks so much to everyone who sent in questions over the past week or so. Keep them coming, guys. Email us, nodunksattheathletic.com or tweet them in at nodunksinc or use the hashtag if you want, nodunks. Another great crop tass of questions this week. Keep sending them through that post service. Our post service will always (laughs) be working. Mm. First one, hello, non-existent slams. First time emailer here. Huh, way to brag. First email, getting it right <laughs> into the chat here. Uh, last season, Bam Adebayo was one of the players I subconsciously became a fan of. As a person who tends to root for energetic, versatile bench players, him getting both an all-star nod and being the MIP runner-up this year brought me a lot of satisfaction. I compare it to the joy you feel when your favorite obscure indie band finally gets a big break. Here's my question. Which current bench player could you see benefiting the most from an expanded role next season? Thanks for the entertainment and for all your hard work since the restart. Turnips, luperamide, <coughs> some sort of medication there for something we won't discuss here. I looked it up. Wholesome. Uh, Lorenzo from the Philippines. Trey, your thoughts. Bench player. Man, Lorenzo, look at this. First time emailer. First Question red. That's undefeated. Just like the Phoenix Suns. You guys remember the Phoenix Suns when they were undefeated in the bubble? Mm, What a story that was. It feels like five million years ago that that happened. But when that was happening, they were playing a rookie by the name of Cam Johnson. 
And I thought he was really impressive. The numbers aren't crazy, right? He was like at about 13 points a game, 33% shooting from three, but the team looked so much better, I thought, with him out there as a spacey option, as a bit of a stretch four. And, you know, coming into to next season, it's always hard to say what you're going to get from the Phoenix Suns. We've seen him put together... Uh, nice stretches before, but it definitely felt different in the bubble. Maybe that's because it was the bubble, but whatever it was, the Cam Johnson effect felt real to me, and I would like to see him get a little bit more time uh, next season. I think he's uh, a perfect uh, modern player to play alongside Devin Booker, alongside DeAndre Ayton, just giving more space out there so they can put a little pressure on the rim. Yeah, Cal Bridges and Cam Johnson seem like they were the perfect wings for Devin Booker to play with. They're going to be gritty. They're going to shoot that three. It did seem, I don't know, it seemed, it seemed, like, it seemed like a perfect world for the Phoenix Suns because it, it was did. perfect. They're 8 and friggin' 0. It's unbelievable when you think about it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Who you got, Lee? Oh, well, another guy I think it's a pretty natural uh, adjustment. It, it looks like Chris Paul is out of OKC. I think Dennis Schroeder just comes into that starting lineup and, and be, he's the uh, starting point guard on that team. So, Uh-oh. Uh, Uh-oh. Yeah, I think seen that happen before. Yeah, yeah, we have, and uh, didn't work all that well. But it just seems to me that's the natural progression. I don't think um, I don't think Schroeder would appreciate it if someone else came in and took his job. I think he was okay going behind Chris Paul because he learnt a lot, and Chris Paul's a legend. But I think Dennis Schroeder would now like that opportunity, like a second chance at being the starting point guard on the team to see if he can become uh, more successful at it than he was there in Atlanta. But of course. There's going to be some changes there. There's going to be a new coach. So, uh, you know, you figure there's probably going to be some personnel change as well. So maybe maybe Schroeder's not there. I don't know. But uh, I think if he is there, he comes into that starting lineup because uh, he was, at times, the Thunder's best player too uh, down, in the, down in the bubble. He was, but if the Thunder are leaning very heavily into the rebuild, how much do you worry of Schroeder sort of stepping on the toes of an SGA if he is your point guard for the future? Could be a little bit of a problem. I know, of course, they play together. They've worked yeah. together, but that's with Chris Paul in the mix. I wonder if that changes when it's just the two of them. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's it's possible, but I think uh, I just think if Chris Paul's going and 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 he doesn't even come into that starting lineup, he'll be uh, a little bit unhappy. I think. Sure, I think he's earned it as well. I think he's earned the right to get in there, and I think I think they can play together. You know, I I think I, I think that's going to be the challenge for whoever the new coach is, but. You know, Gilgis Alexander is certainly the uh, the face of the future, but for next season, I think it'd be okay to have those two together and just to sort of see where Schroeder is. Was this season a bit of an anom- anom- oh, I can't say that word anomaly, <laughs> right? Or Got it. was it? Has he matured? Has he matured? And he's like, right, right. I, I'm a, I'm a better player than I was in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna go with I guess sort of a guy in a way similar to Cam Johnson. I'm going with a rookie. Who, who was a rookie this year, and uh, he started some games, but not a lot, but I think he'll be starting very, very soon in this league uh, consistently because of what he brings defensively. Matisse Thibel, um, for me, is uh, he's going to be a special player. I think he's going to be making a lot of these all-defensive teams. Of course, not making it yet as a rook, but uh, it's not going to take too, too long, like Mikhail Bridges uh, with the Suns, for him to be you know, a perennial name, I think, or at least in the mix for a lot of these all-defensive teams. And uh, he's just a perfect sort of complementary player if you've got enough talent out there to be your fourth or fifth guy. And uh, as he works on his game and he gets better, uh, because he should in a second year, hell, he might be a most improved candidate oh, in the second year. Well, that would be wild. Imagine a rookie getting better in his second year after playing with NBA players for a year. Uh, yeah, I'm, ju- I'm kidding, I'm kidding. But uh, yeah, he will be a starter very, very soon, and I think he's going to be able to contribute to uh whatever team he's on so that's a an obvious pick for me i don't know if you have one Tess. i do it's basically the opposite of matisse thibel a guy who can't get on the floor because his defense is so bad but his offense is so great michael porter jr seems like an obvious one for the denver nuggets to be jumping into the starting lineup uh, but 
he had his little time in the sh- in the sun. He came down to the bubble. They had him in the starting lineup, but they had to yank him uh, because of the defensive issues. Mm-hmm. That being said, as a selfish basketball fan, I want to see all that offensive talent as much as possible, making highlights for us in October through April. How many guys can get an empty gym jumping? Not too many. And Michael Porter Jr. did that. His dad even had to, you know, make those emoji eyes uh, <laughs> while while wearing a mask was pretty cool in the bubble there. Uh, it's nice to bring your dad too as your family member. Now that I think about it, it's pretty cool. Um, <laughs> and uh, the defensive thing, he's definitely got to go into the summer and just literally work on defense. I don't know if any player in the history of the NBA has just worked on defense throughout the summer, but uh, I think that makes sense for Michael Porter Jr. And there's a question if Paul Millsap comes back with the Denver Nuggets. Uh, he's a free agent. Will Barton's future with the team. So I think there might be an opening in that starting lineup. And I know Michael Malone is uh, having to put him to the bench because it's he is getting uh, smoked on the defensive end. He's just mm-hmm. having problems guarding the pick and roll. But hopefully he can be a different player come his second season when he could win most improved player. <laughs> Jeremy well, Grant, he's also a free agent, I believe. Don't call me on that. Don't call me on that. I'm not 100% sure now that no I think points. about that. He's yeah, on money that guy. But yeah. you're going to live with Michael Porter Jr. being bad at defense, even during the regular season, I think. It's kind of yeah. strange for, like we're seeing in even the seeding games, right? He he wasn't a great defender then, but no. Malone was happy to give him a run to see what he could do out there. And during the regular season, you're happy to live with mistakes a little bit more if he's going to be able to give you 25 a few different nights here and there maybe average 16 or 17 for the season the offensive talent is there and he does contribute on the glass too I like that you know he might not be a great one-on-one defender they're pulling him into switches all the time but at least he uses that height that he has to hit the glass and sometimes it's on the offensive boards as well he can be a plus defender but uh, even if he's not like he's gonna have a big role for the Nuggets next year they gotta hope he's gonna be at least near all-star level at some point in the near future. Oh, funny you said that. I was going to ask, how many, like, what would you set the over-underline on Michael Porter Jr.'s all-star appearances in his career? (laughs) That's a tough one. Because, I mean, honestly, you could convince me he'll never make an all-star game, and you could legit convince me, no, he might make eight all-star teams for all we know. So I don't know where you place it. If it's like a three and a half, a two and a half, where you set the line. What feels fair? (laughs) One and a half feels fair to me. Okay, okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Two would be nice, yeah. Because I'm like, uh, I mean, is he... Jokic is the all-star for the Nuggets, no doubt about it. Right. Next in line, you're probably thinking Jamal Murray. They've got to get 65 wins to get to the three all-star level. Yeah. Which, you know, they've got the home court advantage. They'll grow together a little bit. Uh, but I don't know. Yeah. I don't okay, know. one and a There's half. There's a lot of great fair, players yeah. in the West. That's the tough part. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead, Lee. I'm just thinking, is he like a Wally Zerbiak? I think Wally Zerbiak made uh, one, didn't he? And he was an offensive player, like at second or third option for a lot of teams. So, yeah. you know... He's, he should be better than Wally, but, uh, <laughs> you know, Wally was a pretty pretty consistent player, good yeah. shooter there for a long time, but, uh, you know, on the walls just didn't really, you know, they had KG, and that was about it really, wasn't it? I mean, uh, who else Girl. from Minnesota? Yeah. Sam Cassell, no. No, nah, he uh, never made one. I mean, uh, Latrosse, Spree- yeah, Sprewell, Sprewell. Wow, wow. Michael Porter Jr. is the new Wally Zerbiak. That's a Wally <laughs> banger right there. <laughs> a Wally banger. No, we, dropped, we dropped a Skeets bomb. Yeah, is that what's happening? What? The, dog, the, dog, the dog must have got to his, uh, his modem already. <laughs> oh, Comcast. All right. I can read this next one then. There we go. Skeets will catch her up. 
Uh, hey, no donkeys. After a few weeks of good quality playoff basketball, do you still think the eventual champions will have an asterisk looming over their heads? It sure felt like that there would have been one when the idea of the bubble was being tossed around, but now I'm not so sure. No dunks for life. That's from Kirk. I'm with Kirk. It definitely felt like there's going to be a huge one looming over this season months ago and even you know as they came into the bubble in July, but it feels different. I will say there's going to be an asterisk because of, asterisk because of how different it is, just the conditions. There's no fans. There's no home court advantage. There's no fly. But I think it's different than the other asterisks because the basketball has just been so good. In 99 and 2012, the basketball wasn't as good because of the timing of the hiatus that happened. It was before the season. In 99, guys just didn't come in shape back then. It was a different time. Uh, and so... Uh, the basketball wasn't what we see right now. And in 2012, guys were definitely more in shape. Uh, but the fact, again, that it was before the season, it changed the dynamic of the season. There was back-to-back-to-backs. Uh, There's no practices uh, in general. There were, the guys just didn't have a lot of time to get better together. But now, because the hiatus was midseason, the players were in absolute great shape when they came down here to Orlando. And so there isn't going to be uh, this idea that, oh man, they, they came down there and they played sloppy basketball. Of course, there's going to be uh, the association with the year of 2020 forever. And that it, will, it would be, it's going to be a weird uh, sort of season in, in terms of history. But the asterisk is really different in that the, it wasn't sloppy. Um, but yeah, they, they obviously just a, an anomaly, as Lee likes to put it, of a season. But at the same time, <laughs> not the same sort of asterisk we thought there was going to be. Do you agree with that, Trey? Yeah, I agree. It's not been a sloppy aspect to it at all. It's almost like being in the bubble has leveled the playing field without with uh, the lack of travel and playing in the same gyms time in and time out. You know, you can get in a rhythm a little bit, and I think there's a natural flow that we play one day, then we're off for a day. Then we play one day, then we're off for a day. And you just kind of get used to the rhythm of the series. And uh, we're seeing that the effect of travel really has during a series, both from the narrative standpoint, when you're like, okay, well, they just won. They're up 2-0, but now they got to go win one on the opponent's home court. That doesn't happen here. And now it's just, who's the better team? Who's going to be the better team uh, for these seven games? Um, And without having to go back and forth from city to city to city to city, People are just able to play at their best, and that's why I think we're seeing great shooting. I think uh, we're seeing offenses that have clicked. We saw all these 50-point games in the Jazz Nuggets series. Things are just a little bit more even. We're always going to associate this with 2020. You're, there's going to be the biggest asterisk from the standpoint of, yeah, remember when they were playing a season in a bubble? But there's also going to be very little asterisk from a this-doesn't-count standpoint because it seems like everything counts. Everybody was ready to play. And the games have been really good. Everything from the seeding games through the first round, even into the second round here. We said it right from the beginning that there was only going to be, in my opinion, an asterisk on this season if, heaven forbid, a star player on a title contending team got COVID and was removed from games. Unfortunately, that hasn't happened because they've done an incredible job with the safety protocols and this entire campus environment and the bubble. That to me was really, okay, yeah, if LeBron is removed because he actually contracted the virus, then yeah, that has an asterisk on it for me. But it didn't happen, and you're right. Everyone has, for the most part, been pretty healthy and safe. And uh, yeah, we're getting the best of the best down there. So that's sort of removed, in my opinion. And uh, it's uh, it's weird. 
It's always going to be remembered weird, but no, they're the the legit, the eventual champion. If we, you know, knock on wood, we get there and we should, will be legit, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, yeah, no question about it. And it's actually kind of fun seeing how teams just compete when everything is basically at that same playing field. You know, there isn't like, wow, man, they just can't win in Denver this series. They, you know, they have to go out there and play there every night. So I actually think it's been really good, and I also think it's made it difficult from a uh, to predict standpoint because right now. You know, who's the favorite to win the championship? I mean, obviously the Lakers and the Clippers are likely to come out of the West and then the East, it's going to be down to now three teams, which all three teams, I think, have at least a stake. You know, they can claim, like, listen, if things go our way, we can yeah. get there and we can win it. And I think that's really good. You know, in years gone by, it's kind of been like, well, the Warriors, you know, who's going to really beat the Warriors? Nobody. But that's not there anymore. I, I think... I th- well, the Raptors I, beat them last year. So. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> you know, and, and again, it's like, well, Kevin Durant wasn't there, you know, and, and, and whatever. Yeah. But I think right now it's like the Lakers could win, the Clippers could win, you know, less convinced about the Nuggets, and, and the Rockets are probably just behind them as well simply because they have to beat the Lakers and then the Clippers. But I sort of feel more teams have got a chance right now than we've seen in the past, and I think that's great. I, I, yeah. I think it's really, really fun. And you see as well, the players out there, there's nothing changed from a, a passion standpoint. Like, no one's out there like, oh, who cares? This one doesn't That's count. That's very true. Everyone is playing with the same level of intensity that you would expect in the playoffs. So uh, I, I think overall the basketball, the quality, and the standard has been a, as good as we can possibly expect. How about this point from Antonis Papadopoulos in the YouTube chat who says, I don't think there's an asterisk with regard to who wins the title. We all agree on that. But there's an asterisk for teams like the Bucks, who normally would have had home court advantage. The home court advantage is gone. There's no mm-hmm. doubt about it. Crunch time feels a little less crunchy. You're not getting the benefit of your crowd getting to boo the referees when they make a call that you disagree with. You know, maybe getting in their heads a little bit. That is an effect. I would agree. I would agree with Antonis here. Right, right. Yeah. You can't deny that. I mean, it's tough because the Bucs were just bad the entire bubble, right? I mean, that's the thing. They were not convincing in the seeding games and it sort of continued a little bit into the playoffs. I think they went, but they lost 10 games all regular season, like the normal regular season. And then they lost 10 games in the bubble alone and obviously much, much fewer games. But it's a great point. I mean, was it Giannis saying, uh, you know, we really missed out on... A home court advantage. We had one sure. of the better ones in the league, and it, you know, and they would inspire us to to victories. But at the same time, there are other teams like the Heat and the Sixers who are just really great home teams throughout the season. But the Heat came down here and kicked the snot out of everybody, uh, even if they didn't have home court advantage. They're a bad road team. They're in that True. Sixers yeah. uh, family. So it, I, I appreciate how it wasn't used as an excuse for for the Bucks. Until, you know, Yanis just sort of brought it up. But I think that was just after the fact he was talking about. It wasn't an an excuse, but it was more just a point. Uh, That's real. Uh, It is real that it has been a a level playing field. It's an equalizer, no doubt. And that's why you would definitely, you have to mention it. You have to bring it up. Um, But at the same time, the heat came down here. It came down to Orlando and were just rock solid. I think one thing that does change, and this was a question uh, we didn't include, but the common refrain, the common saying of a playoff series is that a series doesn't start until a road mm-hmm. team wins a game on the road. Now we don't have that saying anymore. When does a playoff series start? Nobody knows. It's impossible to know. Yeah, there is no it real almost saying. Doesn't, it almost doesn't start until it's actually over. Think about that. Okay. Wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't end until it's over either. 
That's right. That's exactly right. Uh, that's a good one. Let's hear from people with that uh, the asterisk question there. Uh, people have opinions about that one. Uh, no, this whole thing doesn't mean anything. It probably depends on who you're cheering for. Yeah, uh, yeah maybe if you're a Bucks fan, you're like, yeah, this doesn't count. This is stupid. This is pointless here. But other teams are going to disagree with that. So let's hear what you think, in the, at least on Twitter and the YouTube comments. All right, what's our next one here? Hey, No Dunks. While talking about Robert Williams, Lee accidentally referred to him as the landlord uh, before quickly correcting himself. The Time Lord, that's his nickname. There wasn't much of a reaction, but I thought it warranted at least a Trey giggle. (laughs) Which NBA player deserves the Landlord as his nickname and why? Stay sweet. Thanks, John P. Skeets, what do you think? Who deserves the Landlord? Well, the real question is, was it a Trey giggle or was it a Skeets giggle? It's tough to tell sometimes (laughs) uh, for people out there listening. Uh, Yes, the Landlord is a good nickname. It really is, especially for, uh, for a big guy. Now, am I forgetting anyone in NBA history that was nicknamed the Landlord Lee? Sheldon like they, Williams. Yeah. Okay, yes. Okay, thank you. I knew there was a guy. Oh, I was tr- I was struggling to find it on Basketball Reference. I should have just went to the old Google machine. and That would have helped, in, uh, I'm sure, instead. <laughs> but, okay, Sheldon Williams. That's right. Okay, Sheldon Williams sucked. He, he, he had the big head, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. He lo- yeah, he looked like uh, Ken Griffey Jr. from the uh, Simpsons episode, where his Precisely. head sort of gets really, really big. Yeah, the baseball episode. Um, but... I love the nickname for a big guy, so I'm sticking with a big guy. And I'm going to go with Mitchell Robinson as the landlord, okay? Because I'm going for, I want a young guy. That's the thing. You can't really go, like, Brooke Lopez, could he be a landlord? Because he's, you know, inside a lot and he's blocking shots and deterring shots. Yeah, but he's already got good nicknames, uh, so it, it just doesn't feel right. Mitchell Robinson, his nicknames right now, according to Basketball Reference, are the Block Ness Monster. Nah. <laughs> Yeah, it just doesn't roll off the tongue. And Lobinson, and that's not going to stick. So <laughs> Lobinson. the landlord works for him. Being a young guy, 22 years old, he averages two blocks per game. That's like seventh best in the league. Uh, you know, he's controlling the paint. He does his offensive work even inside the paint. I mean, he never leaves. He's one of those landlords that lives in the building. And, uh, you know, he's a he's a Stanley Roper uh, from Three's Company. There's a timely reference for you. So, uh, yeah, I'll go Mitch Robinson. I don't know how you guys feel about it. Yeah, I, I tried to come up with something creative too for this because, uh, well, Shel- well, Sheldon Williams was the big shot blocker at Duke, I think, uh, back in the day. And that's that's why he got the nickname. Uh, and I was like, well, who, who is that guy? Anthony Davis? I mean, it doesn't really, you know, like, no. So I came up with a really boring one instead. And I'm just going to say Russell Westbrook because he covers the most land, I think. He's like, a, uh, <laughs> he's like a sheepdog out there, you know, just running, 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 running around. Mm. Um, he's all over the court the whole time. He never knows how to stop. So... Yeah, that's yeah, that's the best I could do. It's not that good actually, but I should have come up with something else. <laughs> Covers a lot of land, lords yeah, over it. That's, that's it. Don't beat I, yourself I, up, man. You yeah, you don't be so, tough so hard on yourself. Yeah. Don't be so tough on yourself. Trey, did you come up with a creative answer for this one? I thought so until I saw it echoing in the YouTube comments. Jeff Green is the landlord to me because you can always get a rental from him. Mm. <laughs> there is a lot of ways to tackle the landlord yeah. as a nickname. That's a good one. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, I also thought of Jeff Green, but I didn't want to go with it because, yeah, he's always renting. He never owns a home because he's always True. moving. <laughs> hey, no, it's a really good one. I, I went I went old school. Uh, I went to our uh, former colleague, Shaquille O'Neal, who at uh, Turner Sports, when we were working there once upon a time, came up to our table, uh, and we were with one of our colleagues, Garrett, and, and Shaq knew that Garrett was from Philadelphia, and he said mm-hmm. to Garrett, hey, you're from Philadelphia? Garrett said yes. He goes, I have a house there. Can't sell it. You want it? 
<laughs> Shaq's got houses everywhere. That guy is a landlord, man. That's for sure. Just offered up his house to a guy <laughs> he, he barely it. knew just because he was from there. I wonder if he uh, if he eventually sold a tray or if he's like you, just trying to sell it to anybody, anybody to take it. <laughs> yeah, that's a, not a great nickname for me. Not the landlord. No. <laughs> no, you don't want that one. Uh, any other YouTube uh, suggestions out there for the landlord? Any good ones that you guys got your eyes on? People are liking Joel Embiid. Apex Fraser said he owns real estate in Andre Drummond's head. Okay, yes. Got him. Yes, yes, very true. And very he's also true. big. He does do a lot of work in the paint. Yeah. And that's the main one, I would say. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, but he does too much work outside of the paint. He that's leaves, right. See, he's got, he's, got a, he's got a building that he maintains, for sure. Um, but he goes away. To, he goes to Florida for like six You never hear from year. him. Yeah, right. I've been waiting for my dryer for six weeks. Right. Come yeah. on, stop yeah. by. You just send an email after email. You're not hearing back, for sure. Fabio Nozaki wrote, Kyle Lowry, because he takes charges. Because he charges people. Right? Oh, okay. <laughs> wow. We're reaching, we're reaching. Okay. Uh, I, I did like this one. Jeff Green is the tenant um, instead of the landlord. <laughs> from Jeff Moo. Good one. Good hey, stuff speaking of uh, Speaking of tenant, JD, have you uh, gone to the movie theater yet to watch Tenant? Oh, interesting. Uh, no, of course no? not. No, 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 we're in a pandemic, guys. Yeah. Uh, don't believe the don't believe the hype out there. I'm not going to any theater. Oh, okay. It did like 20 million, didn't it? I know. On the opening well, weekend, hey. people were going. Maybe it's over. Maybe yeah. I'm a sucker. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Should we go back to the office? Speaking, uh, speaking. Do of we landlords? even still have an office? I don't, I don't know. Do know. we have an office? Is all my art Probably. gone that we hung up there? <laughs> God, I hope not. Missed I missed that office. Girls. I miss the smell of Lee's trapped wind and kombucha. Um, all right, we got a lot more questions still to get to, but let's take a quick break to hear from our sponsors. Yeah, now is the time to celebrate because football is is football is back. And <laughs> is it back? <laughs> I didn't realize it was back already. Uh, anyway, and DraftKings this weekend, this weekend, this weekend, man, right? Yeah. Okay, okay. The leader in one-day fantasy sports is putting you in the center of this weekend's action with over eight million dollars up for grabs across all of their contests. To kick off the season, DraftKings is giving new users a free shot at $1 million top prize with your first deposit when you use code MAZE during sign-up. Get in on the action now. Draft your lineup now and feel the sweat like never before. Every run, pass and catch means more with a DraftKings lineup. It's simple. Just pick your lineup, stay under the salary cap and see how your team stacks up against the competition. Nothing adds to the sweat of watching the game quite like having a shot at a million-dollar top prize. DraftKings has paid out billions of dollars to winners since 2012, (laughs) so they know a thing or two about cold, hard cash. Download the DraftKings app now and use code MAYS, M-A-Y-S. For a limited time, new users can get a free shot at the $1 million top prize and compete for over $8 million in prizes across all contests. Don't miss this extra special week one bonus. Enter code MAZE to get a free shot at the $1 million top prize with your first deposit. That's code MAZE. Only at DraftKings. Make it rain. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. All right. Next question. What up? So drunks? Been a fan since the early starters days. Happy for your Kawhi bequeathed championship. You guys often debate whether Russell Westbrook is a dog or a cat, but what about players' spirit animals? For example, Marcus Gasol is quiet yet ferocious like a grizzly bear, and Michael Beasley is slow and lazy like a sloth, writes this person. 
who or what, I guess, is your spirit animal? Jump Pluff Lugia Belossum? These are apparently Pokemon names. <laughs> Catch Sweet. them all. Um, that's from Jordan in Auburn. So, spirit animals. Trey. Yeah, I did what anyone would do for this. I went online and took a quiz to find out what oh. my spirit animal was. I filled it out and I got butterfly. I was like, what? <laughs> I was like, did I click on what tramp stamp tattoo should I get? <laughs> So I got a butterfly I got, I got the exact same. We must have taken the same quiz. <laughs> oh, oh wow. was it the first one? Yeah. Uh, Do you yeah. have a giant beard? Yes, you're a butterfly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it was that easy. Uh, it was all about the patterns. So for me, I was like, I don't know. I can't I can't go with butterfly. I got I to gotta think of something more water-based. Um, oh. So then I was thinking, I don't know. I've been really, I've been really liking to act like a narwhal in the pool lately, you know, ramming with my head. But they got a smooth look to them, the narwhal. Ultimately, I decided on sea turtle. Okay. You know, it's got a weird look. Uh, it can be in the water. It can be out of the water. They're not really in a hurry, much like myself. Uh, so, yeah, a sea turtle. Mm. I think it sort <laughs> of me, works. Yeah, yeah. To, to me, this is more like a nickname where you can't really give yourself your spirit animal. Other people have to kind uh, of assign okay. it to you, I think. Yeah. So. so did you put the work in, Lee, and you're going to assign an animal to each of us? Uh, no, I didn't. I just that's just my uh, analogy. But uh, <laughs> I think you'd be a bit of a cat, Skeetsy. A cat? Wow. Yeah. Maybe a cheetah? What about a cheetah? Nah, I think just a house no, cat. Just a docile house cat. Okay, very nice. <laughs> Trey, uh, Trey would be. I always land on my feet. Trey would be some sort of bear. I think you know he's, he's a lovable bear. You know, cat. I think a Tass. What would Tass be? Tass would be like a dolphin. Thanks. Interesting. <laughs> Very smart, very intelligent. Yeah. He likes to get out there and get amongst it in the morning, get sweaty when he comes in. I don't know how that's got anything to do with a a dolphin, but, you know. And what about JD? You might as well finish this off. What's JD? JD. JD. Butterfly. uh, uh, He'd be more like a walrus, I think, JD. You know? Oh, okay. Wow. (laughs) Here comes the walrus. There he is. Cuckoo can chew, I guess. <laughs> well, if he's going to be the walrus, I'd like to be an Eggman. Yeah, Tass, you got an answer for this? Um, well, I, I also put in the work. Uh, I did a quiz. Wow. And I told, I told uh, I was sitting beside my, my lovely wife, Danielle, and I told her that I got a tiger. And she goes, I ah, should do it again. I don't think you're a tiger. <laughs> <laughs> It's it's it, and then you read the synopsis of why you're, you know, you're likened to some a certain animal, and it's like reading a horoscope. Like you can find little tidbits <laughs> sure, in there. Like, sure, yeah, I am like that. I, I am, am like a tiger. A tiger. <laughs> I, I do oh, take yeah. dumps sometimes outside. Even that isn't me exactly. Yeah, you're right. You just you like twist being it. By, you, you like being it. by yourself, but you act slowly, but you can act fast when needed. I like that. I like that about myself. <laughs> That's yeah. so me. That is me. Perfectly. Uh, speaking of animals, we just got a dog, guys. Oh! Yeah. Whoa. This is a quick developing story here in the Skeets household. We just got a puppy this morning. Uh, someone was looking... Uh, to uh, obviously find a home for this uh, puppy last night on Instagram. I mean, it's crazy. Instagram, what can it do? Um, and uh, it was a friend of a friend of a friend. And yeah, this little puppy was dropped off this morning. We believe it's a eight-week-old Australian Shepherd girl. We're not 100% sure about any of that, but uh, she's got her. She got a, a vet appointment tomorrow, but very, very cute. Don't have a name yet, but let me just throw... 
Let me throw the name out that's being like kicked around the house a little bit. Let's <laughs> okay. just see your reactions because you got to see the reactions. Again, I, she's black and white, very very tiny puppy, Luna. Okay, that's like fine. You. I'll take that. Cute, yeah, that's cute. not bad. There yeah, was no, sure, there's sure. no weird faces. Like, oh, okay, Luna's right now at the forefront. We're, we're throwing it around, see if it works. But uh, you got to try yelling it a lot. Yell it. Like, you go <laughs> outside and yell, Luna! Luna, stop that! Luna, put it down. Exactly. I hope I didn't really uh, upset her out there. <laughs> I hope she does um, scare Luna. A house with cats and dogs, though. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, my neighbor's got three outdoor cats, so this is going to get Whoa, very interesting yeah. very quickly here. Um, but, yes, very exciting. Uh, well, I'll show you a photo later. Okay, so let's get to our next question. What we got, Tess? Chrissy Teigen and John Legend are going to love that cat. Oh, uh, that's right. Or, or I thought, name, yeah, they get, that's one of their little gr- girl's name, I guess, right? That's mm-hmm. right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, what Instagram's great for everything, especially learning the names of celebrities' kids. <laughs> All right, next one. Hi guys, please look into your crystal ball and predict the biggest name to change teams in upcoming free agency. That's from Magna Mikal in Norway. Skeets, back to ball, biggest name to change teams upcoming free agency. Well, 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 not back to ball yet. Nora just texted me. She got so scared when you yelled that. Uh-oh. Oh, now I feel bad. I'm a horrible dog dad. Sorry, Luna. <laughs> Go get her. Yeah, Cuddle sorry, her. Uh, great question. A little free agency. Why not? Let's talk about it. Um, This is going to be a weird free agency for a lot of reasons, of course. It's tough to pick the biggest name because a lot of the names on the list like have player options or just probably not going anywhere. Restricted free agents will be signed like Anthony Davis. Okay, he's not leaving the Lakers, I don't think. Brandon Ingram is not leaving the Pelicans. DeMar DeRozan likely picking up a player option, so I would think we'll be at least signing still to be with the Spurs. Who knows what happens from there? You know, Gordon Hayward, same thing. Um, like Bogdanovich with the Kings. I would think, if anything, Buddy Heald has moved and stuff like that, and that he's a restricted free agent. So, I don't know. I guess Fred Van Vliet is a question. Will someone pry Fred Van Vliet from the Raptors? Um, he's an unrestricted free agent. Possibility. I think Gallinari. I don't know if that name is big enough for people out there, but we saw what the Thunder are doing moving on their coach. I mean, are they really, really going to just lean heavily into a rebuild? Um, I could see some interest for a Gallinari from a lot of teams. He seems like that sort of like, you know, fifth piece you would want on your roster, maybe even starts to become a sixth man in his career. So are those two guys, I mean, I know it's not sexy, but uh, it's really just not the greatest, greatest free agency class. I don't think Montrez Harrell is going to go anywhere. I think actually he resigns with the Clippers. So I don't, am I missing a name or is it Van Vliet or Gallinari? The only other one I would add was Goran Dragic because yeah. uh, Van Vliet was kind of top of the list for okay. me because, I mean, it's not going to happen tonight. But what if the Raptors were to lose and not win the championship? They have had the built-in rebuild kind of ready to go from the moment they traded DeMar DeRozan, right? They've been ready to go on to the next phase of whatever their team is going to be. And if that means uh, uh, a second round exit this year, maybe Fred Van Vliet leaves, then you can talk maybe Serge Ibaka, maybe Marc Gasol, and then who knows what the Raptors look like at that point. At some point, it's going to be building around Siakam, though maybe that seems a little bit more nerve-wracking at this point. But um, <laughs> I don't know. There could, Fred Van Vliet, to me, could be the first domino for the Raptors, but they have to be eliminated from the playoffs first, and it hasn't happened yet. Right. The Raptors will have space to sign him. Mm-hmm. It's just how much is he worth? And are they prepared to pay him more than anybody else? Now, as an unrestricted free agent, of course, he can sign and the Raptors can get nothing in return. So it sort of is out of their hands in that respect. Or maybe he's just going to a team where he's like, I want to be the star and they're going to pay me more. Because I, I have no question that there'll be a lot of interest in him. 
So it's just how much going forward the Raptors are prepared to pay him. Because Kyle's got a year left at $30 million, and then uh, Pascal's massive deal kicks in next year, starting at $29 million. They've got Norm Powell at about $10 million. That's about it. So they've got enough room. It's just whether or not uh, Masai wants to pay him $150 million. You know, I mean, right. I think he's, I think he's getting somewhere around that. You know, I really do. I think, uh, depending on uh, how desperate teams are to sign a guy who's like got a good reputation in the playoffs and coming off a successful run, you know, that sort of money's not out of uh, out of the ballpark there for for uh, Fred. It's just whether or not the Raptors and and Masai are going to pay it to him. So that's uh, that's probably he's probably the biggest name. I think I really think he is the biggest name out there as a, as an unrestricted, totally free agent. So yeah, Fred. Yeah, I think the biggest name to be moved won't be a free agent at all. I think it's going to be Chris Paul, which everybody and their mom said the same thing uh, approximately you know, 10 months ago or whatever, or I guess 15 months ago when uh, free agency popped up in, in 2019. Uh, but I think Sam Presti is so confident he can get good value for Chris Paul. He's even telegraphing that we're rebuilding by mm-hmm. letting go of Billy Donovan and that mutual decision there. He's that confident because Chris Paul's value as a, is at a surprising high. Uh, I don't think anybody would have expected such a great year from Chris Paul. But as he said in the Oklahoman last year, as he said uh, multiple times to anyone who will listen, Sam Presti knows that OKC needs to you know tear it down a little bit to get back to that championship level. And they were at that championship level. I don't think Sam Presti has any interest in being mediocre to good because that's where their climb would be and this is the time to trade Chris Paul I think it would be the absolute great time uh, to trade him and if we're watching the Miami Heat and I might be uh, trapped in the moment here but Miami Heat are getting to the conference finals maybe it's just the the circumstances here in the bubble but teams are kind of overachieving so maybe somebody will overpay to get Chris Paul I don't know if it's the Heat if Goran Dragic leaves Uh, we talked about Milwaukee potentially jumping in there there are some teams who would love Chris Paul as their number two, three guy. If, if a championship team could make that happen, ooh we that would be great stuff. And I think that'll make some uh, big headlines in, what, November now? Free agency is potentially being pushed back to. Uh, it's always changing. You never know. We don't know. Yeah, it was supposed to be sort of mid-October, mid-late October. And yeah, now by all accounts, it might be a month later. Yeah, mid-November or something like that. But who really knows? All right, great question. Next one here. Hola, all wedgies. I've been listening since the Basketball Jones days after discovering y'all during a promo in a soccer podcast. I am a born and raised Lakers fan. Kyle, er, Carl Kuzma, was minus 21 against Houston in game one. I feel like an old man yelling at clouds whenever I express my dislike for Carl Kuzma publicly. Who is the player from your favorite team that you knew was terrible, but anytime you brought it up, people argued with you about how you didn't understand his value? Am I taking crazy pills? Please help me out. JD, has this happened for you with a Marvel slash Star Wars character or maybe even a band? Cheers, that's from Mike T in Huntington Beach, California. This is interesting timing with this email, Tass, with the Kyle slash Carl Kuzma. Yeah, bad game one. Pretty damn impressive games two and three as we talked about on our daily podcast. So he bounced back in your face, Mike T. Um, but Taz, you get us started, JD. I definitely want to get your uh, your um, your answer to the Marvel Star Wars part. But what do you got, Taz? Kyle Kuzma is a very good basketball player. Let's start with that. I understand uh, all the talk about Kyle Kuzma. You know, coming out of the gate as a rookie, uh, 
there was, I guess, high expectations after how he played as a rookie. And then he started taking a bunch of shots on a LeBron-less team, and he didn't look like a great player. He looked like a guy who's just going to shoot the ball a lot. But zero in on what he's doing now, what he's done in the bubble, what he's done as a guy down the pecking order on a team. He is phenomenal right now. It's sometimes you get expectations as a as a fan of a team, and you think. Uh, we even talked about Marvin Williams today. He was a number two pick. He should be a great player. Kyle Kuzma, all of a sudden, he could be a number two guy, a number three guy. We could trade him for Anthony Davis. Well, those expectations just, they're not going to meet what Kyle Kuzma is. But if you lower those expectations and understand what Kuzma has done, you got to be happy with him. He was in the bubble in the regular season seeding games, taking a couple possessions on James Harden, as he's doing in this series, or a couple possessions on Kawhi Leonard and doing a really good job defensively. Who would have thunk it? He's exceeding expectations on that end. So I think you got to be really happy if you're a Lakers fan and uh, you know Kyle Kuzma's not going to be a number two or number three guy, but uh, in his role, he's great. And I'll just a- a- answer the other part real quickly. Yeah. As far as being a fan of a team, uh, you know, I was more of a Raptors fan a long time ago in those basketball Jones days, and I would say no player was terrible when I was a fan. I loved <laughs> them all. I had crazy <laughs> expectations. Like uh, I think our, our email here, uh, Mike T does. They were all going to be great. TJ Ford. Oh, yeah, he's going to be the best. All these guys are, are going to exceed, exceed expectation. Lauren Woods, the next Shaquille O'Neal, all of them, Lauren all of Woods. them. So, uh, the landlord, Lauren Woods. Yeah. <laughs> he owns the woods. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's part of being a, you know, a diehard fan. You're right. You talk yourself uh, into all of the guys on your team. You know, we wouldn't trade that guy. No way. Yeah. He's going to be a 20-point-per-game scorer for sure. Lee, do you have anyone? I don't know which team you cheer for. But. Well, exactly. <laughs> I'm just going back to Tass's uh, answer there. Carlos Delfino, man. Carlos Delfino. Mm. I, I wanted to murder him sometimes when he went out and played for the Raptors because took some bad, bad shots, didn't do anything on defense, and didn't really do all that much else. But every now and again, you'd see Carlos have 27 points, hit six threes, and people say, yeah, Delfino, man, Delfino. He's, he's, he's our bench. He's our Vinnie Johnson, you know. He's the microwave off the bench. And I'm like, don't get sucked into it. Don't buy that real estate in Carlos Delfino. So, yeah, he, he used to get me so angry, especially in the playoffs against the Orlando Magic that year. They lost in five games. I think he had one good game, and then he just stunk it up the rest of it. But he kept getting minutes, and I was furious, furious. Wow! <laughs> wow. I mean, he had some uh, he had some moments, international play moments too. Yeah, uh, he could, and, and he was that's a decent player. Yeah, he's like Walter Herman. He sort of just lived off these like there's one or two memories that people have that all of a sudden this guy was fantastic. Yeah, but day to day, oh my god, he got me angry sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> Trey, do you have a Bulls guy or two that you were very very high on? Well, here's the thing is that nobody thinks the Bulls players are good. Uh, so that's that's the tough part. On the internet, I have to be like, no, man, Zach Levine could be an all-star. But then I talk to my dad back home. And he's like, Zach Levine? How is this guy not an all-star? He should be an all-star. I'm like, dad, he's terrible. So I'm really caught in the middle here. People on the internet have the wrong opinion. Uh, they think the Bulls are mostly terrible, which they are. But I can't let my dad know that they're not that good. I have to, right. keep, him, I have to keep him in his place. Um, so it's a tough spot. But it's very weird uh, being a Bulls fan. It's like when they were good, they had Derrick Rose, and he was widely respected as a good player, but everybody kind of realized that Carlos Boozer was the, uh, the tough spot. But nobody on the Bulls was like, no, man, Carlos Boozer is holding this team together, right? I don't know. The Bulls yeah. seem to be very properly rated. <laughs> Fair. And, J.D., if we could bring you in here, do you have an answer for the Marvel Star Wars angle? Uh, or the end? 
Well, yeah, for well, the band everybody knows. Uh, I hate Oasis, and every time right. I say that, uh, people just they attack me as if uh, as if you know. Like, uh, great, I'm I'm happy you like Oasis. They suck. They're the they're worse than Nickelback, and I hate Nickelback. <laughs> wow, jeez, that's that's harsh. But, um. <laughs> I love Nickelback. Just gonna get a jab in there. Yeah, you got to always, <laughs> always. And for Marvel, uh, as a kid growing up. Uh, uh, the the comics Doctor Strange I I never got it I just I you know I don't like magic I don't like Harry Potter I don't like that kind of stuff it's, I don't like the mystical uh, you know the X Machina is always oh presto you're you're saved you know like right, right. Uh, oh I forgot I had this spell up my sleeve so uh, <laughs> that said though I really liked Doctor Strange the movie so uh, in the movies yeah, yeah. Benedict uh, he he sold me on uh, on old Doctor Strange. <laughs> Who we can't, okay. uh, we, we had a drop yeah, uh, months and months ago uh, of this kid doing a, a review of Doctor Strange. Like, and he started the review by saying, Doctor, Doctor, give me the news. I got a bad case of <laughs> Doctor Strange. Remember that? <laughs> I do remember I that. Dig that up. But uh, I bring that up because that's the only way we, we say Doctor Strange in this house, all, like uh, in our family. You cannot just say Doctor Strange. You have to do that entire drop. So. Uh, good Great. comment here, JD. I don't know if you want to put it on screen because it's a knock on you, but from Javante Music, don't look back in anger, JD. <laughs> oh. <laughs> that's a good one. Well done. Good one. All right, great, uh, great questions here. I'm telling you, I love these. We're six for six right now, Tass. Let's keep it going here. Here we go, dear No Dunks. I hope you don't take offense to this. Uh oh, but I am slightly <laughs> intoxicated as I send this email, and I'm using No Dunks as a sleep medication. I listen to the podcast, and it helps me sleep. Although I do listen to it sober as well. This leads me to my question: What is something you use for a different purpose than it was intended for? Love the podcast. That's from Ryan. P.S. Your Manscaped ad reads legitimately made me buy the product. P.P.S. It has taken me like half an hour to proofread this email, so I'll be disappointed if there are any spelling mistakes. (laughs) The ironic part is, Ryan, you put proofread as two different words, two separate words. (laughs) It's one word. (laughs) Uh, But no spelling mistakes. Uh, no. You could you could use Grammarly. Oh, free ad <laughs> uh, right there. Uh, Lee, what are your thoughts? Something you use for a different purpose. Well, I, I, so I don't know if you guys saw it on Twitter the other day. I think JD has a photo of it here. Cassidy Hubbard uh, tweeted out of uh, Jason Tatum. Uh, when he turned up to the game, he had his uh, Lion King lunchbox there. Yeah. And, and he has it, you know, as a little sort of symbol to his son there. Deuce loves lions and loves Lion King. I always carry my food to the game, so it's just a little something for me. For when he sees the picture, he sees that Daddy has a Lion King lunchbox, and that just melted my heart immediately there. Because you guys remember last year in the in the office, uh, and even this year, still in our new office, I would always bring in my son's uh, Lego lunchbox. I'd pack my Lego my lunchbox in his Lego lunchbox, and because it was like when we when we'd get his lunch ready in the morning and he would say what are you doing for lunch dad and i'd say well i'm packing this one and i put it in there so even though i would use it still for lunch it was more just that symbolism uh <laughs> that i connected it to there with him and and also you know he's got a couple of uh school bags that he's gone through and he's he had a, uh, a lego police one and he had a uh, star wars one as well and so i often use those now as our like day packs whenever we're going somewhere if i need to pack a few things i use one of his and put it on my backpack and uh i just i just you know, I just love that sort of feeling of like, 
we're 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 together in this, man. We're together. I'm, I'm. We can play together. We can have fun together. And uh, that's that's the sort of connection that I made with what Jason Tatum did there with his son. So, uh, mm. you know, like I say, I sort of use them for the right purposes. It's just you know, seeing <laughs> seeing a forty four year old man walking around with a Lego lunchbox on the surface doesn't look normal to a lot of people, but uh, it's, <laughs> it's 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 meaningful to me. And uh, and I, and when I saw Jason Tatum doing it, I was, I was just like, oh my god, that just it just it hit me so hard, and I thought it was beautiful. You're a Lego fan too, are you not? Yes, uh, yes, I am. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes. I am. Yeah. Yes, yeah. I do like the bricks. You're a bit of a brickhead, aren't you? Uh, well, yeah, yeah. So it's my uh, my four year old's birthday today, actually, and um, uh, my my eight year old my eight year old Oscar. Yeah, Oscar turned four. My eight year old bought Oscar. Sebastian bought Oscar a Lego for his birthday, and he actually nice. paid for it, which was like shocking to me because he was like, "Dad, I want to get him a Lego." So he bought him a Lego. We wrapped it together, and then this morning Sebastian opened that uh, present that he gave mm. for him, pulled the Lego out of the box, built yep. the Lego, and then yep. took the Lego up to his room while he went to school. So. <laughs> Happy <laughs> birthday. Classic, classic uh, Homer Simpson buying a bowling ball for Marge there. So uh. Yes. <laughs> yes. All right. Well, happy birthday to little O, Oscar, four no. years old. Oh, my God. Where does the time go? Oh, man. Man, you wait till Luna turns four, man. Or get I was just gonna <laughs> say, I'm gonna turn yeah. around tomorrow, and my little pup will be four. Be you can drink oh, out okay. of her dog bowl. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Just okay. connect. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Just sharing. Oh, I, I didn't know why you said that for a second. I was like, wait, is that what a thing that dog owners do? I yeah, that's, owners what, that's weird, what all of us dog that. owners do. Got to okay. test it out. See how they're licking. <laughs> yeah, I didn't. I forgot the link to the lunchbox. Yeah. There. That was well played. Uh, do you have an answer for this, Trey? Uh, a product that you use for a different purpose than maybe it was intended for? Yeah, I don't know if you guys can hear this. That's a popcorn yep. tin, but it's also my laptop stand. Uh, this thing could hold three different kinds of popcorn, but for right now, it just holds my computer up <laughs> so that you can see my face at the perfect angle. Uh, you know, uh, it's like a, a homemade tripod, if you will, a homemade laptop yeah. stand. I'm doing the exact same thing. I'm not using that. I'm using a box, but uh, it's actually go. the box that the mic came in. So it's the empty cardboard box, but it's the perfect. Oh, mic. I've got that one working too. It holds my mic. Oh, up. <laughs> oh yeah, excellent. Um, that's funny. Let boxes. me show. Let me show this. There you go. Same thing. Yeah. Oh, we're good. There you go. Boxed up. <laughs> yeah, nice boxes. It works. As we just knock these mics around a little bit, make some funny sounds. But uh, what do you got, Tass? Anything? Um, yeah, not a real interesting one. I gotta be honest. But uh, when I make my French press coffee in the morning, I mix it with a chopstick. Um, it's. <laughs> yeah, I think it started as. I didn't want to get grinds on a spoon. I feel like I'd lose less grinds if I used a chopstick, which is true, although it's nuts. I mean, who cares? Uh, why not just use a spoon? But I, right. I think I'd, I also use it because it's long, uh, because the French press is a little bit longer. And then, then you know, you don't want to have to dig your hand in there. But it also just feels like I'm, I'm a real barista because I'm doing something different. You know, I'm just changing things up. Like I could, I thought about getting, you know, one of those long spoons. I have one for, right. you know, a mixologist uses for drinks. <laughs> yep. um, and, I, you know, just to be a little nuts, just to feel like I'm really into it or feel like I'm having something exciting other than coffee in the morning, potentially some feel like I'm drinking some alcohol. But I just feel like I'm more into it. I, I'm not a crazy... Uh, coffee guy got to do this got to do that I'm not like our friend Jay who's got a nine minute steeping process what are you oh kidding me oh my god are relax you crazy? pour it in here pour it in here 
sift it through <laughs> here, look at it for four minutes. Uh, but I'm uh, key part. It, it, I just make coffee, but I use a chopstick. <laughs> cool story, bro. Uh, that's all right. I mean, you you reminded me of something. So when I'm not watching basketball right now, as the games have sort of you know chilled out a little bit, there's not four on every day. There's only the two on usually at night now, and it's going to get down to one at night soon. Nora and I have been watching like you know there's a million of these. Um, like international shows where you go and rent a house or buy a house mm-hmm. like there's so many variations of these shows so i don't even know which one we're wa- watching right now i i forget even where they are <laughs> I guess they're like there's some croatia and they're like uh they're definitely been in greece in a couple of the episodes anyway i bring this up because you said coffee my favorite part of every single one of these episodes without fail when these people are looking at these houses that are in beautiful settings, don't get me wrong, they're overlooking like these beautiful uh, beaches or they're up in the gardens and stuff like that and the olive trees and all that. They always, always, because they go room to room and the cameras follow them and they're obviously told by a producer to be like, hey, talk it out. Say what you're thinking. So they're like, oh, this must be the master bedroom. Yeah, no sh- there's a giant king-size bed in here. And yeah, there's a bathroom. So they, they, they just say all the obvious things. But they always say, I'll get to my point here. And I love it every time. They always say, oh, I could really picture myself drinking my coffee here. <laughs> Any sort of like veranda, porch, whatever, little outdoor area. Again, beautiful spots. Every single time they have to say, I could picture myself drinking my coffee here in the morning. And I always wonder... <laughs> Always, how many coffees are actually consumed when they go with that one house? I mean, it happens for a little bit, sure, but uh, it's not as often as you think. It's just a nice thing that you convince yourself that, oh, I could see myself buying or renting this because I could see myself having my coffee here. Anyway, that's a cool story, bro. (laughs) But if you watch those shows, you know exactly what I'm talking about because they do it every single time. And it becomes quite funny. It's a fun drinking game. I drink my coffee every time they they mention that. Take a little drink here. Yeah. Cheers. All right. Cheers to that. Cheers to that. I got my spin drift here today. Um, let's take another break. Quick word from our sponsors. This is going to sound sick, but literally the first thing I thought about this morning was doing a Manscaped ad read. Lying in bed, my eyes still closed, thinking about Manscaped. Hard going to sleep even last night, knowing that Clippers Nuggets was a wow. reality. Wow. Jabal Furry versus Landry Shave It. Entrez <laughs> No Harrell versus Shave Some Plumleys. The Manscaped <laughs> Mega Bowl is here. Whew. But LA is well rested and very good, so Clippers Nuggets may be cut short. And if you're looking to clip your nugs short, let me tell you a little bit about the Lawnmower 3.0 Cordless Body Trimmer. With its ceramic blade and skin safe technology, the Lawnmower 3.0 acts like a PJ bulldozer to make you less Harry Garris. And don't forget your ball balls. When you order the Perfect Package 3.0, not only do you get the Lawnmower 3.0, you also get the Crop Preserver and Crop Reviver. Give the boys a little Pat Patterson and you're fresh all day. Plus, you get some performance boxer briefs and you know it, a travel bag to use when your team is sent home from the bubble, but Manscaped does more than just nuggets. They legitimately just released some clippers. The Shears 2.0 is a luxury four-piece nail kit, and it's the perfect add-on to the perfect package. You get slashed, tipped tweezers, rounded point scissors, fingernail clippers, and a medium grit nail file. Your hands will be in tip-top shape, whether you're eating wings at Magic City or handling your Rodney Magruder. (laughs) Right now, you can get 20% off and free shipping with the code THEATHLETIC at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. 
and use code THEATHLETIC20. Take your grooming game to the next level. Eliminate dick slivers with Manscaped. (laughs) Next one here, Hi No Dunkers, big fan from Scotland. Listening to Lee's story about being at a wedding with Steve Nash reminded me of a story my friend told me from when she was at a footballer, Stu Holden's, wedding in Las Vegas. Her friend's dad was doing some classic wedding mingling with other guests, and his son walked over as he was speaking to a tall, athletic-looking dude. His dad was rambling on about a few Scotland B-team rugby appearances that he made when he was younger, and then said something along the lines of, when you get near the elite level of sport, you see that there's a huge jump in talent and drive, but you might not know what I'm talking about. At that point, his then mortified son had to pipe up and say, oh my god, dad, that's Steve Nash. (laughs) His dad had no idea who Steve Nash was, but apparently Steve was a great sport and took it all in stride and good humor. Have you guys ever made a fool of yourselves in front of anyone of note? That's from Lewis in Edinburgh, Scotland. Trey, it's a fun story, fun Nash story. Stu Holden, of course, really good friends with Steve Nash, so it all checks out. This makes sense. I don't know why you would ever make this story up. I believe it. Um, but what, but what do you think? Uh, have you ever had this incident? The only thing I've got similar that has nothing to do with basketball. Cause I mean, we've all made fools of ourselves in front of basketball royalty at this point. Um, but for me, something in my prior life, I was like, uh, I don't know, sixth grade, seventh grade. We were playing in a flag football tournament. We were driving up, uh, Irving park road and we're, you know, we're dumb kids sitting in the passenger seat. So we just decided to make faces at the people who are driving by, and I did it one time. They hit like a dumb face. Turned out to be Chicago White Sox shortstop Ozzy Guillen was driving the car next to me. He gives me a crazy face and just floors it and flies on by. I see Ozzy on the license plate. I was like, "Whoa!" Got him. It's good. It's good. Lee, any crazy uh, stories to share? Well, I I guess just going back to the uh, Steve Nash wedding there, uh, we were sitting at the same table and uh, and we were talking about soccer, obviously, because we'd played soccer and we were talking about it. And then uh, and then he said, you know, how do you how do you know about so how do you know much about soccer? And I said, well, I used to live in London. He said, oh, who's your team? And I said, oh, Arsenal. I love Arsenal. And and Steve Nash, as many anybody who knows anything about Steve Nash and soccer knows that he's a big Tottenham fan and Arsenal and Tottenham are the biggest rivals there. So uh, it wasn't super embarrassing. It wasn't super awkward or anything. But I just sort of remember thinking like, I sort of wish I didn't just say that because it's like, uh, we we probably automatically hate each other now. So, uh. oh, I see, I see. Yeah. I thought you were gonna say like, yeah, Nash flipped the table, broke a bottle, like had it to my neck. Oh, well, that you. would be what a Tottenham fan would do too. Ooh, look oh. out, look out. they're gonna come at me now. Oh, nice little jab there. Nice little jab. Nice little Steve jabby there you threw. <laughs> hey, I will say, Lewis, just quickly, Edinburgh, one of the most spectacular cities in the world. It's gorgeous, gorgeous. Is it? If you ever, yeah. never been to Scotland, chance, it's on the short yeah. list. Oh my God! Good. It is spectacularly beautiful. Way better than Dublin. Way better than yeah. Dublin, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, before you answer, Tass, I just wanted to point out from this story. I thought this was a weird part when the dad is saying, "When you get the, near the elite level of a sport, you see there's a huge jump in talent and drive." To me, you could have just ended that sentence right there. Like that's a great point, hundred yeah. percent true. You know, yeah. especially if you were an amateur athlete and then you like really see the pros. But why did he have to throw in, in a, in, a, in a setting where you don't really know a lot of people, but you might not know what I'm talking about? It was like a real weird jab to me to just chuck out there speaking of the Steve jab. He's like, why? Why did you, why did you have to add that part? Why did you have to be a little bit of a dick, uh, random dad? 
See, yeah. didn't like Steve's Indochino tight look out of his suit. <laughs> I, I mean, guess. It just seems like a strange that? part. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. do you have an answer for this, Steve? Uh, well, for our show, I once had to dance at Flirty Girl Fitness, uh, which yep. is uh, you, you do a little dance with the pole, you wear your tights, and that kind of thing. Uh, somebody sent uh, the video to Chrissy Teigen. Why? I'm trying to think why that <laughs> happened. Uh, but she replied with a W-O-W, wow, and then she started following me. So I didn't do anything embarrassing in front of anyone, but in f- on the internet, same thing. Right. Um, I'm trying to think why somebody sent it. It doesn't make sense. <laughs> you're going to want to check this out, Chrissy. Yeah. Yeah, you're going to want to see this. You're going to want to see I this. Think, yeah, I think she was, I'm not sure. I think she was just, you know, at the peak of her powers and uh, people were just <laughs> sending her stuff. Like, you want to see this? You got to see this? <laughs> I don't know. I have no idea. Anyways, she loved it. Great. Absolutely loved it. Got a follow out of it. I've mentioned her twice already in this podcast. Yeah, I know. <laughs> You've got uh, Luna. done a good job keeping that relationship up. Yeah, yeah for sure. Their second child's name is Miles. What a cute kid. Oh. Okay, moving on. Hey there, dinkers and dumpers, but no dunkers. In almost every commercial break recently, it seems like I've been seeing a Corona commercial featuring Snoop Dogg. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I have two questions. Does Snoop's presence make Lee reevaluate his Corona stance? And two, which celebrity would make you try a product based on their endorsement? Thanks for all the basketball and non-basketball content. As always, turn up. Love you guys. Awesome. That is from Doug in Pittsburgh. Lee, what do you think? Does it change your Corona stance? Uh, not really. No, <laughs> uh, not really. I mean, the thing is Corona and, and I don't know when it was sometime in the summer when we talked about it, they were, they were taken over by the same brand that sells Budweiser. Is that right? Anheuser-Busch, is that right? I believe I think you're right. correct, yes. Yeah, uh, and I so my theory basically has been proven correct. I <laughs> definitely think they've cheaped out on the, on, the, on the ingredients and they've tried to mass market it and it was working until this year when everything <laughs> Corona has just been so badly affected. So I think they must have paid Snoopy a, like a bomb <laughs> to get him to endorse these, uh, to get the beers back on because Snoop's a pretty well-liked and pretty well-respected guy. So it's like, yeah. <laughs> yes, he has great beer taste too. Yeah, and, and he crosses a few different, uh, you know, uh, genres there, you know, sport. You sort of know him as a sport connection to the Lakers there. Oh, sort so of. It's a bit Laker. of a stretch. I mean, I thought you were going to go with the sting angle, maybe, but... Uh, He's, you know, so... Oh, yeah, wait, he... that's Shaggy. Yeah. <laughs> Snoopy, Shaggy, uh, Sammy, Samsonite right there. So uh, I, I, respect, I respect the fact that Corona had to bring out the big guns there, but uh, improve your product. Improve your product. Go back to the way it was 10 years ago, and I'll, I'll be back on board. Because it's Ooh. a it was a great beer, but no longer. It's... Wow. Uh, yeah. Okay. Sting and Shaggy should add Snoopy to make it a trio. <laughs> oh man, I can't like I can't. I, I, the the commercial is fine, you know, keeping up with on your telephones is, as he says or whatever. It's fine, but man, I don't know about you guys. I know we've watched a million basketball games here since the the restart, and that's great. The, I feel like we have seen the same commercials oh, baby, over. Yeah. There there are maybe what fifteen commercials, maybe twenty total. And that's all we see. Every single game, you are seeing the exact same commercials. There's this one. There's, of course, all the... Uh, there's the Geico insurance one, the singing one, the taxidermy tax account, whatever one. I don't even know who that woman is. I guess she's some... Adina Manziel. Notable. Yeah. Yes, 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 yes. Um, there's the Jake from State Farm. And, oh, man, it's just like no- ad nauseum with these ads. Ad nauseum. That's why they call it that. 
<laughs> that is why uh, we need we need a refresher for the conference finals. Like you got to come you. with a second set or something here because I don't know, man. Too much Jake. That's just too much Jake and too much taxidermy tax attorney. I yeah. read that wrong. Oh yeah, that song is in my head from the minute I wake up until the minute I write a Manscaped <laughs> ad read. Yeah, I hit um, the mute. I hit the mute button for the commercials now. Like I let them play, but. I go silent. We've heard it. We've heard the Joneses on their telephones. Is, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, one thing with that, that Snoop Dogg commercial, the Corona one, he's wearing socks on the beach. <laughs> and yeah, it drives yeah. me insane. I guess people do it, but it drives me insane. That's just like, that's, you know, that's the last place I want to wear socks. We're beach stepping right now. Is anybody wearing socks? Anybody wearing no socks, socks right now? No socks on. No Nobody. chance. Mm-mm. No chance. Mm-mm. So uh, that's that's odd. But then maybe he's like self-conscious about his feet. And he's like, I'm keeping my socks on. You're not seeing my feet. He's you're like, you're either feet. going close up or, or you're just, I'm keeping my socks on. So I don't know. I mean, I get it. The socks with the uh, flip-flops or the sandals or whatever he's got on. But on the beach? On the beach? Man. It doesn't make yeah. sense. No, doesn't make sense. You're kicking back with a Corona. You're not really kicking back when you have socks. Well, on. he is wearing just a lot of clothes in general for yeah, a yeah. Like, robot. He's got like a shirt and a robe on. <laughs> right, right. That's a good point. It's a good point. Yeah, we're easily. done with these commercials. We love Snoop Dogg, but we're done with these commercials. Uh, Does anybody so, have a so question or an answer for which celebrity would make you try a product based on <laughs> oh, their right, that question? Mm. Right. Oh yeah. yeah well, yeah. Denzel Washington. I mean, if he if he was maybe he should be their Corona dude. <laughs> Just yeah. anything. He'll sell anything. Basically, he'll, yeah. If he'll he buy gets anything. That, yeah, if he gets that active voice going and he's uh, and he's trying to really, you know, convince you. He wouldn't even need to convince me too much. If it's good enough for Denzel, it's good enough for me. So, yeah. I would like to see a Lee Ellis Manscaped ad on my airwaves. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> right? Uh, yeah, sure. Well, yeah, we can you do wouldn't one. do one if they didn't pay you enough? I wouldn't what? You wouldn't would do, you do a Manscaped you, can, ad read if they paid you enough? Live, hold on, can you guys not hear me? Or is it, <laughs> I heard you. Uh, you right. seem to be lagging. I don't know if it's you or me, but you seem to be lagging a little bit for me here. <laughs> but uh, would I do a live Manscaped? <laughs> maybe, maybe. I don't know. I don't want to. I don't want to commit to anything right now because I can see this one coming back to backfire and bite me in the bum. So, but maybe you know. Mm-hmm. Okay, final one here because my internet's laggy. So no dunks. Just tell me if you can't hear me while I read this. Being at home over these past six months has made me notice many mundane things. Here's one. Which way should the toilet paper roll go? My wife always puts the toilet paper in so it dispenses under. I'm always over. We have been changing its direction mid-roll for years now. Months ago, I confronted her about it, and she said she's been meaning to ask me as well. After 20 minutes of laughing and debating it in the bathroom, we did not come to a conclusion and are still living in this TP disoriented situation. Over or under? Under or over? I hope you can help. That's from Pat in Fernie Creek in Australia. Um, Tass, over, under, or no opinion on the TP? Oh, I've got an opinion. First, (laughs) uh, over or under? I'm not sure if they do it different in Australia, but... You gotta go over. Uh, it's all about the ease of ripping it. It's harder to rip yeah, it if it's under. Yeah, yeah, it just yeah. is. It just is. I, th- Listen, I'm I'm one to struggle. So if somebody mistakenly put it on in the under in my house, my if Danielle put it under and it was a mistake, obviously, definitely <laughs> a mistake. I'll live with it, but I won't be happy about it. I probably won't even flip it like this couple. This couple, that's an amazing story that for years, <laughs> mid-roll, somebody changes it and they don't talk about it. They just keep changing it over and over. 
you got to come to a consensus and hopefully this question will do it for you. Over is the best way because you never get a, a misrip. You never rip it the <laughs> wrong way. It's always perfect. But if you go under, you just never know what you're going to get. Mm-hmm. It's like a box of chocolates. Oh, God. Anyway, uh, <laughs> what, what do you guys think? Over on, do they do it different in, in, in Australia? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Lee, let's get your take on it. No, I mean, there's no standard way. It's just, but I, I would think, I would think <laughs> normal, sane people would have it over. I think crazies <laughs> would have it underneath. But, wow, uh, wow. You know, I think that's one of those things that it, it's like, if you go to someone's house and they've got it under, you're just like, we got to get out of here, man. They're free. <laughs> just leave. Wow. Yeah. Oh. Can't, can't stay here. Can't stay. Got to get out. I, I just thought of something, Lee. Um, because you do the leapy every once in a while. <laughs> do you have it set up in your bathroom that you have a toilet paper dispenser on both sides? <laughs> because if you're on one way and you're if you're grabbing with your right hand, it's on the right there. Sure. While well, you're facing like a normal person sitting on a toilet. But once you turn around, now it's on your left hand. I don't know if you're comfortable grabbing with your left hand. Maybe you have another dispenser to the right of you. Nah. I mean, you don't need the toilet paper for the pee anyway, so, uh, you know. Right, right. You've never, you've never done a Lee mount, uh, too. Yeah. No, I mean, no, 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 no. I'm not, I'm not. Oh, that that's insane. I'm sorry. That's a ridiculous <laughs> question. I'm sorry. No, and I've only done that at home as well, only in my home, home, home house advantage or home toilet advantage. I wouldn't, I wouldn't dare do it at someone else's house. Right. Okay. Good to know. <laughs> Thank you for not doing that in my spare bathroom. Uh, Trey, what's your take? I mean, uh, everybody's going over uh, here. Over for sure. Over yeah. for sure. And I mean, yeah, I'm super worried about miss rips when I go under. <laughs> but for me, going over, it's just all about the ease. You can yank that thing down. It'll just go. You got a fistful of toilet paper. You're good to go. Okay. All right. Yeah. We're all saying over. I, I will be shocked that there's a lot of under people out there. Though I'll admit... I never really noticed this, like, the phenomenon of you could go over or under until, like, I was, like, 25 years old. Like, I didn't think about it for a good portion of my life. And then when you notice it, then, yeah, you never not see it. You're like, oh, go to somebody's house. No, that's wrong. No, hopefully that was a mistake. Hopefully Danny just put that in the wrong way. I won't say anything when I come out, but I hope that's a mistake. I'm going to give her the benefit of the doubt. But Oh, yeah. So, uh, we've, we've been in so many battles over it that for a time we were just putting it loose in a basket and you had to actually pick it up because <laughs> wow. we couldn't decide. no i'm kidding i'm kidding yeah. those are those people <laughs> there's some people out there yeah no so, no no holder paper basket <laughs> just a basket go basket over cases. pat pat you're right your wife is wrong on this one it's over keep us updated let us know all right we'll call it there thank you so much for your questions keep them coming no dunks at the athletic.com at no dunks inc on twitter i sent jd a little photo while we were doing this. There's Luna. Oh, There's wow. that little cutie. That's a cute dog. You can't deny yes, it. She's very, very cute. And uh, so far, so good. Uh, we've only had her for... <laughs> so far, so good. I think we've good. had her for about six hours now. So, uh, Killing us so opinion, far. In my opinion, the perfect dog. Uh, after six hours can't wait so, to see it on dogs at a distance I, that picture's a little close too I close say. yeah a little too close i'll get you a dogs at a distance uh for the ig no problem she's looking off in the distance though at least. Yeah. That's a great <laughs> i can see my dog bowl out there on the grass oh, yeah. <laughs> wow this is like a, this is gonna sound crazy as we wrap it up here but i've talked about it before i've been putting the work in on my front lawn at least trying to get the grass like uh looking good looking healthy and it's oh, the landlords it here out of the park <laughs> my grass i'm about to say this task this is something task would say i feel like my grass now that i have a little cute little puppy to run around in it my grass might be too good 
It's Excuse too me. thick. It's too nice. She just disappears in this grass. I mean, it's, yeah, I'd love to get your toes on it, Tass. Get your opinion uh, on, on the length of this grass. But uh, it's cute. Like she almost like disappears, and it's not like it's like just cut your grass, you dummy. No, it's not that. It's like very very thick Bermuda grass. So uh, I don't know. I'm gonna have to rip up my old grass now. Put wow. in uh, just. Uh, <laughs> Just dirt for her to pee on. Just dirt. French drains, Bermuda grass. It's really yeah. the international house right there, isn't <laughs> it? It really is. It really is. Oh, <laughs> is that where you have your coffee? In that room right there? <laughs> well, yeah, it's the first thing I said when we looked at this house. Oh, I can't, can't wait to have my coffees out here in the morning. You know how many coffees I've had out there? One. The yeah. first day, I'm like, oh, it's too hot out here. I'm going inside. <laughs> Guys, thanks so much for joining us for this episode of Beach Step. And again, keep your questions and your comments coming. And we will see you on Thursday morning, 10 a.m. Eastern, live on YouTube. Subscribe to our YouTube page. Hit the notification button so you know when we're going live. Hopefully, the Raptors win tonight, and I'll be in a good mood come Thursday morning. And hopefully, this little puppy doesn't keep me up all night. <laughs> Clever bros. You heard it here first. Have a great time. Turn up. Love you guys. Awesome. Thanks for joining us. And remember, you can tell it's No Dunk's second show of the day when we start talking about grass. <laughs> <laughs> Embrace the night, people. Day, night, whatever. You could stay.